Hey, everybody, it's Heather Vickery. Have you taken our listener survey yet? If not, pause the podcast, head on over to www.vickeryandco.com slash survey. It'll take you two or three minutes, and it really helps me get a better understanding of who my listeners are. We want to make sure we're giving you what you're looking for and having a collaborative effort here on this show. Everyone who participates gets to have a say in the charity we are supporting via the survey. And also, if you choose to leave your name and email address, you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card, as well as some other great prizes that are specific to the show. Again, that's www.vickeryandco.com survey. And the survey will be live until August 12th. So be sure to check it out. Share it with your friends. They have to be listeners, of course. And thanks so much for the support. Okay, here's the show. Inspire evolve, transform. You are listening to The Brave Files, real stories from people living courageously. You can listen to the show anywhere you enjoy podcasts, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Now here's your host, Heather Vickery. Welcome to The Brave Files, everyone. This is Heather Vickery. Today's guest has dedicated her life to celebrating the lives of women who continue to live and love life their way. Silva, she says she doesn't go by her last name, but I will say it for you anyway. She's like Madonna, Mizorian. Did I get it right, Silva? Mizorian. Mizorian. (laughs) (laughs) You tried. It was good. I tried. I appreciate that. Thank you. She immigrated to the United States, but via a lot of other very cool things. She's Armenian, born in Baghdad, raised in Australia. I I think that's all very, very cool. But she didn't let the fact that she had to restart in new places stop her from creating a life that she loves and helping women all over the world do the same thing. Silva, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Very excited to have you here. I want to jump in to your story a little bit, and I want to hear all about the cool things you're doing, but can you sort of start at the very beginning and tell us a little bit about your your childhood and how you ended up where you are? Sure. I had a wonderful childhood, actually. Um, My brother and I were born in Baghdad in Middle East, Iraq, and uh, I remember my parents taking us to summer vacations, different parts of the world from a young age. That sounds so, so cool. Yeah. And so we were introduced to so many different cultures from a young age, which I think has helped me develop to the person that I am. And I think that's an important gift that you can give to a child. I totally to, agree with you. You that's know, open up their mind mm-hmm. and let them experience different things. So I was blessed to be able to do that with my parents. And when I was a teenager, my father decided that it was best that he would relocate us to Australia, where some of my family was already living there. So I went living, uh, moved there, and uh, enjoyed the second chapter of, <laughs> of my life. What I've had of, so many chapters. What <laughs> part of Australia were you in? I was in Sydney. We were in Sydney. Oh, Sydney. I love Sydney. Sydney. One of my favorite yeah. cities. Yeah, I go back uh, at least two or three times a year, and I just love it there. But an Armenian growing up with a Middle Eastern background, moving to a Western society mm-hmm. at a young age was a really a shock to the system socially. Tell me you more know? about that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, growing up as an, as a, as an Armenian girl in Middle Eastern, 
society, you know, boys and girls did not mix and you didn't date and all those things. And so all of a sudden I'm going to a school where there's boys and girls and boys are talking to me and <laughs> it's just and they're inviting the parties and going to places. And of course, I was never allowed to go. And it was confusing. It's like, why? Why is it okay for them? Why can I not do it? What's yeah. different about me? Yeah. So it was difficult, you know, as a young girl to try to adjust to a new country, new social understanding. And it's hard enough as a teenager, you go through uh, self-confidence and esteem issues. You know, your, your body is changing. Everything is changing. And all of a sudden you're still being sheltered or you're not talked to about different things. So it was very stressful as a young girl. Mm -hmm. So how did you move past that? Obviously you, you grew up, that's what we do and decided to make choices for yourself. How did you sort of break away from those ties? It's interesting because what I said in the beginning about inspire, evolve and transform it was, I looked around me and I would become inspired by others, how my cousins were dealing because they were there also as a teenager and I was watching them. I was learning from them. And then I had a really wonderful uh, next door neighbor at the time. She was an English lady with two children. I, to this day, I call her the Barbie doll. She just was a spitting <laughs> image of a Barbie doll you know, totally different from my mom who's dark hair and tall and, but she was blonde and blue eyes and all that. So to me, she was my living doll. And I would ask her questions like, well, how do I do this? And why is this happening? This boy said this, and what does that mean? And all that kind of stuff. And so I transformed my life by being inspired by others, by paying attention, yeah, by listening. And I love that. I just want to stop for a second and honor that transformed your life by paying attention to others and listening and letting people help you. Yes. I mean, obviously there's some things you will learn or you will see that it's not really great, but you will <laughs> maybe try it and then you go into trouble or something by doing the parents or not everything you learn is a good thing. But I guess we learn from our mistakes and we try not to repeat those, right? Absolutely. Try. Yeah. So at what age did you move from Australia to the United States? That was next, right? The U.S.? Uh, from Australia, uh, again, as a rebellious little girl, I was called the black sheep of the family. You know, the saga continued. <laughs> I, I married. You know, I tried that. <laughs> I tried, inspired to get that didn't married. Work. And, and in fact... Um, you've been pretty open about this in other formats. That relationship was abusive, correct? No, no, this, no I didn't learn. Oh. The first. It was the second one. The first one I married because I couldn't date. Look at me. Oh, you know? well. I wasn't allowed to date. So I thought, okay, if I get married, then I'm dating all the time, right? And you get married and you go, whoa, wait, now I feel <laughs> like I'm in prison. Yeah, that, not this, dating. Is, this transformation didn't work. Okay. All and, right. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I had it after a car accident, came in close to death. I, I walked away and I had the nerve to tell my parents, I want a divorce. I want to come home. So how did they take that? Uh, not well. Yeah. Yeah. So I was already like a black sheep. So that made it worse. And, you know, in order to, again, the social implications or effect is very strong with it, especially the Armenian community, the Middle Eastern community or Latin community. They experience that too. You know, you're now a divorced girl. Now you should be more at home or, you know, who's going to have you? Who's going to marry you again? Your damaged goods. I heard all those terrible things. 
And in all, in all honesty, I had an adventurous spirit. So I decided that I would go travel around the world for a year. This way, I will lessen the burden on my family and they don't have to deal with their friends and neighbors complaining about me all the time. You know, their divorced girl. Wow. I mean, so it's so I, brave to decide to take off. And I'm sure they fought you on that as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I just sort of said that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on vacation. I had a friend of mine. Uh, and I was going on vacation. I went to visit my hometown, Baghdad, and then I went to Russia. From there, I traveled with a friend all throughout Europe, and came to America, went to Canada, and went out of money and called my dad (laughs) to get me back home. (laughs) And my adventure, I said, you know, well, while I have the tickets, can I just make a stopover in Fiji to complete this trip? (laughs) Anyway, so I did and that. Did he say yes? That's amazing, actually. Well, I had the ticket, so I just did the stopover. <laughs> and I, I love went it. Home. It's the adventure side. I just love traveling. Yeah, me and, too. You know, and sometimes, you know, that's another thing. You know, opportunity comes and you just have to have your wide open eyes and, 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 you know, and look into it and step into the opportunity. And, you know, times like that, I did. So yeah, you have to step I, into I went your opportunities. Yeah. That's great. I, that's a great line. Yes. I would not trade that experience for anything. No money in the world. That was the best thing. Talk about culture and and being open to different learning practices. It was just incredible. I agree. I think it's really hard to hate or dislike somebody that you know. And traveling is the number one way to to learn more about people and humanity and connect. Absolutely. You're so right. You just... You meet other people, you understand their way of life, their cultures, and you become more accepting. And it's not me or them. It, we, it's we. The world is as we. That is fantastic. And I swear, I think we could do an entire interview just on the bravery of travel. We've actually done that before with some other people. I love it. But you've done even more extraordinary things. So from there, what happened next? What was the next step? Well, I uh, I went back to Australia and then I decided I was going to come back here. So I moved back to the U.S. back in uh, early 80s. And I, I was about 24 at the time, I think. And then the opportunity came and I thought, okay, now is my chance. You know, I'm a divorced Armenian girl and here's an Armenian guy who is well-to-do ah. and nice. And maybe this is my opportunity. I should just take it and marry him and say yes. And I'll become a, an acceptable woman uh. after all. And that was appealing, despite was, having a wild side, being accepted is always appealing. Yeah, I mean, that's what you always want, right? Yeah. Isn't that what we're all thriving for? We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. Yeah. We want to be liked. And, and I did that. And then, boy, that was a bad one. That was an abusive one. I mean, I was punched in the face and kicked out of bed. And oh, it was horrible. That's I just awful. lasted. Yeah, I lasted one year. And did I you said, tell I your family? Did your family no. know? No. no. I was so embarrassed um, and, you know, the stigma, well, did you ask for it? What did you do? Were you oh. not paying attention? You know, those things. They, they never said that to me, but you hear it. And I thought, oh, and, you know, people were talking about other divorced women. I thought, oh, my God, I've been divorced once already again. Now what are they going to say about me? So I put up with it. And then finally I said, I cannot do this anymore. I, I'm going to die. And I just walked out. I just I just had the nerve to walk out. And that's when I appreciate how now through my business, I, I hear women who are going through such difficulties, yet they have that fear. And, and I understand what they went through. Yeah. And it's just a horrible feeling. It's so brave to just walk out 
like that because there's so much at play that makes somebody stay in an abusive relationship that victim mentality, you start to feel like you've, like you said, you've done something wrong. So it's so, so brave. So that's a lovely segue into your business. Tell us now, how have you taken those experiences and turned it into a business? You know, life always brings you situation and, and the so-called coincidences are, <laughs> um, are ways to guide you towards fulfilling your purpose in life. You know, uh, I believe there's a, a a genie inside every single one of us that's meant to guide us to living our perfect lifestyle. And there is such a thing. I mean, every moment of that is perfect for now. It doesn't mean tomorrow is going to be perfect or yesterday yeah. was perfect, but for today it is perfect. It's just and as it should be anyway. Exactly. Yeah. This is how it's meant to be. So I, I have to accept it as being perfect and let's see if we can do even tomorrow better. So, and I believe in this genie inside, and I think we all have it, men and women. And, and I just decided that, you know, I came close to death two, three times, car accidents, house fire, being carjacked. And, and then you think life is too short. You really have to start doing what you love. And, and if what you love is inspiring others in the pure story, which is what it started, I started speaking at Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. because I knew one of the president of the local one and he invited me to speak. And I thought, what the heck do I have to share with anybody? You never think people, right. this is the thing, most women, especially, they look at their lives, not as important as somebody else's. When in reality, every single life is a teaching story is a, an inspirational to somebody else. Yes. That's what this podcast is literally all about, is that every story has a lesson and a way to connect us um, as human beings. I applaud you for doing that. I mean, it's really important because women especially need to hear. They need to reflect on their own life and, and, and pat themselves on the back and say, look what I've gone through and look where I am right now. Bravo to me. I I did this. So tell us what your business actually is. I'm a published author, best-selling book, Jumpstart Your Life, based on my own personal experiences. I do lifestyle coaching, training. I actually, when I divorced from my husband uh, and I had zero money because he closed out the bank account, so I had no money. And his words to me were, well, now you have no choice. You have to come back. Oh, ha ha. Joke's on him. Yeah. Thank you for those inspirational words. <laughs> so what was the first thing you did? Like, how did you I, make money when you didn't go back? You know, I was lucky at the time. I had one credit card in my single name still. And I only had a balance of 5000 on that because I just wasn't using it. And I thought, all right, I'm going to use this. I'm not going to tell my parents. Yes, they know I'm getting divorced again. They had no choice. I had to right. tell them. Yeah. Because I left the house and moved to my brother's and sleeping on the couch. Um, and I remember going to the bank to take money out. And that's how I found out when my mom was with me. And the teller came back and she goes, sorry, that account is being closed. But I was too embarrassed to tell my mom. So anyway, I said, I brought the wrong bank account. We have to come back tomorrow. I, mm. I tricked her that way. Okay. Uh, later on, when they read my book, they, they, they heard the story. They were just so upset that I wouldn't share that with them. I'm sure um, that was hard for them. That's a total aside, but to to realize in retrospect that your child feared so 
much judgment. Exactly. That's a very good word. I was fearing their judgment and I didn't want to hurt them. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes we spend so much time in our head overthinking what others are thinking instead of just let it be, let it out. And you may be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I mean, we do that a lot. I, I often ask people, what's the very worst thing that could happen? And if, if they judge you, then what? What's the worst thing that could happen from that, right? But if there's this possibility that they could support you, isn't that exactly. worth the risk? But, you know, those are, those are mature concepts. Most of the people who listen to the show are adults. I'm in my 40s. I think those are very difficult concepts for young people, particularly young women, to really wrap their heads around. I agree with you. I mean, I speak to my niece just about um, every other day, maybe sometimes three times a week. And, you know, she's only 18, going to 19. Yet her life experiences right now, it's like, oh my God, yeah. it's the end of the yeah. world. Yeah, it takes life experience. It takes falling and getting back up and having the world not end to know that the world doesn't end. You see, not that's like the that. trick. You just said it. It's knowing that the world's not going to end. Just get back up again. And that's what I did. And, you know, I went into real estate because a friend of mine okay. encouraged me, you should go into real estate. You're good at this. I'm like, really? I don't like selling. I'm not a selling person. <laughs> I mean, what, what is it about me that you think I can sell? I worked at Architectural Digest magazine. I love designing homes. I love furniture and all that. He goes, well, that's a nice connection. Anyway, I took him up on it and I did it. And, you know, most sane people would get a, a, a paycheck type of a job when they have zero money. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not yeah. sane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a risk taker. I'm uh, about you. That was weird. So then I went into real estate and we were, I had to rely on commission, which meant I had to hustle. I had to really, mm -hmm. you know, push the limit and, and trust my instincts and trust my abilities and get that genie to sort of, hey, get to work, help me here. And in the first three months, I did a million dollars in sale. In those days, you know, the commission of $12,000, that was a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, Hell, but I paid up my credit card debt. Yeah. So I was living off, so that was it. You're I took off cookie. from there. Yeah, but it was just, again, opportunity. I didn't know. Nobody guaranteed me success if you go into real estate. I had to make it happen. I had to put the time into it. I needed to show up. I needed to be present. I needed to learn. I needed to become inspired by people around me. And that's how I evolved and transformed my life again. And I continued to do so. Then I went become a general contractor and started building houses. And it was one thing led to another and to another. You know, being a woman general contractor is rare. I'll bet. Especially yeah. in those days, in yeah. the early 90s. That had but I sense. did it own challenges and also triumphs, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to have contractors look at me and go, oh, is a contractor here? And I said, yes. Well, where's your husband? What husband? Mm -hmm. Why do I need my husband to be here? Mm -hmm. Well, the contractor. But I am the contractor. Mm -hmm. Oh. And they will look at me up and down, go, right. Yeah. Until I open my mouth. You can't know what you're talking about. They just make Exactly. Until I open my mouth and explain exactly what I want. And he goes, yeah, we could do that. I said, well, you should have said that in the first place. Sorry. <laughs> You're not getting the job. So you essentially continue to sort of 
fail forward, try new things and build new things. And eventually you got to this business. When did you decide to write your book, which I love, by the way? Thank you. I, again, that happened by giving speeches and talks at inspirational, motivational talks to Salvation Army women. And then it went to a seminar here in Australia and people were taking notes and they came up to me and they said, do you have a book? I mean, I would love to read your book. It's like, book? No. <laughs> I should have a book. <laughs> well, how, do, how do you do that? Okay, I know about publishing, but I'm the worst writer. My mind goes in different languages and I cannot even keep one sentence straight and grammar and everything. I said, okay, let's try this. And I'm telling you, it was just an inspiration on my flight back. I'm looking out and I'm thinking, how do I write the book? How would the chapters look like? What mm -hmm. would I call it? Mm -hmm. And, and it remind just came, us, remind us what the title of the book is. Jumpstart your life, waking and, seven steps to waking up from the sleepwalking mode. That and that was actually the next question I had here to to ask you about was you describe it as waking up from sleepwalking mode. What do you mean by that? You know that routine lifestyle autopilot that we all live in. We're all guilty of it. We do it. I do it. Sometimes I fall back into it. When you get up, you do the same thing over and over every day, but you complain, oh my God, I don't like this. I don't like my life. What am I going to do? It's not going to change. Well, you know, that's a sleepwalking mode. You're just existing. You're not living. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Snap out of it. And when circumstances, situations happen, here's how what happens. You either get fired, you get divorced, you get broken up with, or God forbid, you get into an accident. And then you go, oh my God, I could have, I should have done this before. I should have left. I sh okay. Yeah. But we had the signs, we had the red flags yeah. and we didn't pay attention. So you get all these little notices from the universe always gives you nudges. You know, that little genie inside is always saying, mm, I don't think so. You go, no, 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 I know better. No, 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 I don't think so. No, I think it's good. Listen, you got to listen. I call it your inner voice, but the genie, exactly. I kind of dig it. Listen to the genie. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's about it's about releasing the genie within to fulfill your life. And that's why I went on. I did the book, Jumpstart Your Life, Seven Steps to Waking Up from the Sleepy Sleepwalking Mode. And then um, which I have on my website and also on Amazon. That was and, my next question. Good job. You beat you. me to it. <laughs> yeah. My website is better. It's quicker delivery. And <laughs> I took that. You know, the thing is, I have I'm a strong believer in when the universe has blessed you with talents and gifts to overcome challenges and still move forward and live a wonderful lifestyle, you're meant to share that with others. Yeah. And that's when I launched 20 years ago, a nonprofit foundation called Passions and Dreams Funding. So we are able to work with a lot of um, nonprofit organizations for women and children at risk to help them step over their challenges yeah. and uh, jumpstart their own life. I love that term. That's one I've not heard before. Step over your challenges. Because listen, you're going to have challenges. So you can either let them be brick walls or you can step over them. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. There's no growth without the challenges. It is the challenges that helps you, that pushes you outside of your comfort zone. I it's, totally agree. Yeah, it's those challenges that makes you question your direction in life, your purpose in life. And if everything was nice and pink, perfect and hunky-dory, it's like, where's the growth? 
I totally, I totally agree. Throughout all of this, all of these changes and the difficulties and the triumphs, which you've had so many of, and I think they're amazing. Did you feel brave? Do you feel brave now? I'm always scared, (laughs) but I have to act brave. I have to be brave. You know, you have to pep yourself up every day Mm -hmm. and you have to be your own hero and you have to constantly encourage yourself. Hey, let's try this today. What's the worst can happen? Am I going to die? No. Okay, let's try it. That's my question. I love that. If you look back on your life, was there one moment you can you can now say, oh, I was very brave in that moment? Oh, boy. I guess stepping out of the abusive marriage. Yeah. The, one, the, the opening up businesses is very brave. You don't know if it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. You could lose money. Buying a house is <laughs> brave thing, especially my way of doing it. I always buy fixer-upper house. I have no idea, (laughs) you know, how much work I have to end up doing. Uh, But I think the bravest was, um, and I think God or whatever you want to call it, that, that within that energy, that universe is when I was carjacked and I could have died. And I have no idea how I survived the carjacking. I have no idea how I survived it. Honestly, I think the angels just wrapped me up and protected me because if that screwdriver went into my neck instead of my hand, I would not be here. So I don't want (laughs) to change the the drama of this, but it was just, that was a, 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 and, and other women, other people have come, close to even worse situation like that. But to live through that and then you go, okay, I have to make this work. I have to give value to this. Once you survive something like that, it does put things in perspective. Like, oh, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to, you know, rework a house or what, like it all has a little bit of perspective because life is short. Yeah. You have to make like now is life. Today is life. Right now. Not, oh, you know what? In 10 years time, I'm going to do... No, 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 no. Now, now. You need now. to live now. Now is and, the time. Yeah, I don't care what age you're in. I don't care if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s. You have to live now and you have to love the way you live now. It doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be full of champagne and caviars. But you have to live your life. You yeah. have to love your life. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's none of their business. I love that. I say that all the time. What other people think is none of your business. No, it you doesn't matter. It's not important. They don't support you. They don't pay your bills. That's right. I agree. So, but tell me, how do you celebrate success? Big ones and little ones. With my friends, family, uh, through my foundation. Right now, we're offering makeover to women who have just gone through divorce and abusive relationships or starting over, especially women who are in their 50s and 60s, and they think that, oh, well, life is over for them. It's like, no, 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 let's do something. So it's, it's giving back. To me, my celebration of success is giving back. I've lived a wonderful, blessed life. I've traveled the world. I've lived in luxury, the yachts and hotels and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I've been so fortunate to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And now when I inspire a person's life, a, an animal, and I help an animal or a child, 
to me, it means the world to me. That's mm-hmm. celebration of success. Otherwise, what's the point? I totally agree. I love that. No one has come on the show and given that answer, but that might be my favorite. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's reality. And everybody who knows me, they know me as that. Is how do I do? I had one gentleman just recently, he was talking to me about business and he goes, don't you want to make a lot of money? And it's like, yeah, but not the way you're presenting it. Yeah. Is there a, an attachment to it? He goes, I know you just want to do something for the kids and everything. I said, yes, I will do this program if part of the money will go to this. He goes, all right, whatever. If that's what makes you work for you, fine. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't get it. He I, I understand that. It's like, I don't care. Well, as so long as I'd, the money goes to the kids, that's all that matters. <laughs> I'd love for you to tell us how we can um, learn more about your charitable organization. And then I have a, a follow-up question about that. If you go to my website, which is my name, S-I-L-V-A-M-I-R-Z, as in zebra, O-I-A-N.com, all my charities, um, one one is here, Passions and Dreams Funding for Women and Children. Mm -hmm. The other one is in Australia for cancer, brain tumor cancer. I have one there with my brother. And then my power of femininity, which is my, my passion of empowering more and more women to be the powerhouse of their life. And everything is there. Awesome. So I, we'll have that all on the show notes. But outside of those organizations and the bigger, the bigger, grander scale, what other charitable organization is your favorite to support? Um, I support Aviva House, which is uh, foster kids, taking mm-hmm. care of foster children. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of work with them. Uh, we do Christmas parties every year for foster children in Los Angeles. Uh, St. Jude's Hospital, I donated um, one of my uh, uh, brand of dolls. I created a genie doll, Silver the Genie. I love that. I didn't tell you. About, I mean, no. I, I took my book and I created a children's <laughs> comic book called Silver the Genie. And then I created a talking doll. So I donate dolls to uh, Children's it. Hospital and St. Jude's Hospital. Um, we're going to link to that doll. Can be, can the doll be purchased on your website or somewhere else? Yes, yeah. absolutely. We're going to link to that doll. Still with the genie doll and it's all there. And That's great. We, everything just, everything you purchase from my website, the funds are used to support the foundation. That's why we've existed for 20 years, 20 that's years. Beautiful. That's and, beautiful. and all that's all we do. We give back. And then what we're trying to do is, I know there's not many charities there, but if you can help charities that empower women and children, yeah. then you're empowering our future. That's right. And that's a magical thing. So just as my work empowers charities, everything you buy through me empowers a charity. I love that. So friends, listeners, I ask this every week. You've got a lot to choose from here. I'm not going to ask you to check out every single charity that Silva's mentioned, although I invite you to do so. But pick one that most resonates with you and go and learn more about them. If you can donate money or time, please do so. At the very least, let somebody else know that they exist. Let's work together to make the world a better place. Bravo. That's beautiful. So Silva, can you share your three words with us one last time? inspire, evolve, transform. I, I think those are really beautiful words. And I'd like for you to share with us because evolve and transform, which I identify with both of them are very similar and yet different. And so for you, can you tell us the difference in evolving and transforming? 
evolving is it's meant as more mental. You okay. evolve, you start evolving mentally, thinking about a different way of doing something, but only once you put into action becomes transformation. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Evolve mentally, but put it into action and that equals transformation. Thank you. Thank you so very much for being here with us today and sharing your story of evolving and transforming. It's so inspiring. You have such a lyrical way of sharing everything. I'm really grateful that you you came on to remind us that we can always rebuild. You can always create change and start over. Your past decisions, they don't define us. We're in charge. We drive the bus. Exactly. You're Thank so you so much. Perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. Just remember, people have to remember that they are perfect. Just keep being perfect. Just keep doing the right thing. Just keep being inspired. Beautiful. Thank you so very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. I love what you're doing also. So listeners, thank you also for being here. We don't have a show without you. As always, if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends, put it out on your social media platforms and in your newsletters that you send out because we hope to touch somebody every week and create change and open dialogue. And I'm really grateful for each and every one of you. So this is Heather Vickery and I'm reminding you today and always to choose bravely. The Brave Files is proudly supported by Lost Format Apparel, a socially conscious clothing company. You already know that homelessness is a huge problem. Over half a million Americans are living without shelter and millions more without consistent access to everyday basics. My friends at Lost Format know that solving homelessness is a much larger problem than any one company or person can solve on their own. It requires teamwork, sacrifice, strength, and building communities through personal and professional relationships. And isn't that exactly what the Brave Files podcast is all about? That's why I'm proud to say that the Brave Files has partnered with Lost Format. And together, we're working to change the face of consumerism in addressing homelessness. You can now get one of two fantastic shirts custom designed specifically for the Brave Files. Each order goes towards providing necessities to the homeless. We have one shirt that, of course, says choose bravely and another that reminds you that brave is always greater than fearless. Head on over to vickeryandco.com store to see both beautiful shirts and to check out the entire product line from Lost Format. All of their stuff is super soft and comfortable and has an amazing fit. Use promo code BRAVE to get 10% off of your Brave Files custom t-shirts. And if you have an order over $30, your shipping is free. I choose bravely to take the plunge to help solve homelessness. Are you with me? Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Be sure to visit thebravefilespodcast.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. Music composed and produced by Matt Lewis of Union Music, LLC.
special thanks to our editor and audio mix expert, Andrew Olson. I am eternally grateful for all that he does to make each week sound so fantastic. You can hear more of Andrew's work at findandrewolson.com.